Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, and now cross-stitching, what I'm reading and watching, a little bit about self-care, productivity, and keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so grab yours, and let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 93. Hello, friends. It's good to be back. I told you in the last episode it would probably be a month before my next podcast, and that is what has happened here. I always forget to talk about my cup of tea, so let's just get that out of the way right now. I've got a cup of, um, it's Harney and Sons Cherry Blossom. It's a green tea infused with some cherry blossom flavors, and it's delicious, and it's just what I need on this on this beautiful kind of overcast, well, it's not overcast anymore, um, Sunday morning. So I'm so glad to be back. Uh, a lot has happened since my last podcast. I felt like I should timestamp this one. If you don't want to hear about the trip to Italy, here's how when we get to the quilting content. Um, but yeah, we went to Italy. Um, my husband and I took our three um, grown kids. Uh, uh, one was once 24, one 22, and then um, the youngest was 19, but just like a few weeks shy of being 20. So, um, yeah, and you know what? <sighs> Traveling with older kids, it's a good thing. I kept thinking about how, you know, we walked a lot, you know, like we averaged between 20 and 25,000 steps a day, and I could just kind of picture middle school even some angsty teenage high schoolers being like I'm tired I, you know like and, and just um you know just not being willing to play along but at this point in their lives they were all three so just very grateful and kind of understood that this was quite a gift that we were giving them to do this kind of once in a lifetime trip to Italy and they were just kind of up for it so that that was amazing so it's always kind of boring to hear about other people's vacations. So I'm going to give you the quick rundown. Um, we went to, we flew into Rome, um, uh, you know, airlines being what they are. We were eight or nine hours late. Um, so we kind of missed our first day in Rome. We were supposed to get in at 8 a.m. and we didn't get in until about five. Um, but you know what? Because of that, um, we slept more on the plane I don't know, it just put us in a position where we got to Rome, we unpacked, we walked around, we had dinner, and then we went to sleep and then got up the next day and was, were ready to hit it. So I feel like we, we really did not incur the whole jet lag thing the way we, we could have. So that was nice. Um, the next day we had a tour of the Vatican in the morning, um, which was absolutely amazing. We got to see the Sistine Chapel, um, which, you know, is packed, boy. And, and just, we had this four-hour tour with this great tour guide who just really um, instills in you what a genius Michelangelo really was. Um, and then we, we also, part of the tour was St. Peter's Basilica, which I didn't know anything about. And that actually, I hate to say, it turned out to be the highlight, even over the Sistine Chapel. Um, St. Peter's Basilica is, you know, it's just like this enormous, like I can't even tell you how huge the scale of this, this church. And it is in the the, the scale of the sculptures and the artwork that was in there was absolutely phenomenal. So um, no, we're just would like to say not Catholic, still absolutely enjoyed um, the tour of the Vatican. And, um, and then we did a lot of walking around. I, I had downloaded a walking tour from a travel blog. So we walked all over 
Rome at perhaps too fast a pace in retrospect, but we saw the Trevi Fountain and, you know, all those, um, you know, different types of landmarks, which were, was just, you know, amazing. We kind of got to know Rome a little bit. And I'd like to say that Rome, it's like New York City. It is big and crowded and intense and the drivers are crazy. So it's just, it's a very high energy city. So I, um, I really liked the order that we did um, our three city tour of, of Italy, which was Rome, then Florence, then Venice, because the the vibe of the city just it got increasingly chill as we were in fact sort of you know wearing out <laughs> from a sightseeing point of view. Um, and then the next day we did a like again a four hour tour of the Colosseum, Forum, and Palatine Hill, which again did not know what Palatine Hill is, um, and that is uh, it's it's where the uh, emperors of Rome had their palaces and you know again that's it's just ruins now but um, so it's when you get the tour of the Colosseum that's when you just really appreciate learn to appreciate just how how ancient this city is you know like it's you know this is born this was built in the first century and oh this was like a more recent add-on because it was built in the fourth century you know um, but uh, that was also amazing, just so full of history. And it, we kept seeing these weather reports that it was going to rain. Every single day, There was it was going to rain, it was going to rain. Really only rained on us once of the whole uh, 10 days we were there. So we kind of lucked out there. Um, the day we saw the Colosseum was, in fact, that day. But um, so Colosseum was amazing. And then, we, you know, just spent the rest of our time just walking around. And, you know, we would pick sort of a destination. Uh, my daughter had heard about this uh area of ruins and again there's just like there's ruins in the middle of just the city so there's just like you know oh look there's a mcdonald's and a birkenstock store and we are standing in front of these ruins like it's so weird how they are just enmeshed in the the landscape of the city but so we went to this this ruins that is now a cat sanctuary which is apparently where julius caesar was murdered it was a theater um and uh, they so that was kind of a, a cool little thing. And we, we went to the place um, in Roman holiday. What's it called? Like the Lion of Mouth of Truth or something where you put your hand in and it'll bite it. <laughs> if, um, if, you're not, if you're a liar, you know. We, we, so we just did all the fun, fun touristy things and then took a wonderful um, train ride that we almost missed to Florence. Um, again, cannot say enough about Costco um, we just, you know, not sponsored or anything, but we booked this through Costco. It was cheaper than when I tried to book it through our travel agent by a large amount. And they booked us all on first class trains. And we stayed in four and five star hotels, which is not the norm of what I would have booked. <laughs> but man, it's going to be hard going back <laughs> to the Marriott after this. Um, so all the hotels were amazing. So um, first class train ride. And um, then we went around to Florence. And what was interesting is so many people when, um, you know, we would share that we were going to Italy. And, and I checked this with my kids, too. Oh, it was, seemed like this universal thing that people would say, Florence is my favorite. And I was like, I don't even, I don't get that. Because, like, I, I knew what we were supposed to do in Rome. And obviously, Venice, the canals, like, we know why we're going there. Just Florence seems to be this, this package deal with these other things. And I knew that, you know, it's where, it's where Michelangelo was from. It's where the David is. It's where uh, Botticelli's The Birth of Venus is. So, it's, you know, it's a city of art. I, I got that, but I wasn't really sure what we were going to do there. We get there, we are there, in the first 30 minutes we all go, oh, I get it now. 
Florence is my favorite. It's on this, the Arno River, and our hotel was right on the Arno River, which is just gorgeous. It's just a gorgeous river, and there's these beautiful bridges that go over it, including this one called Ponte Vecchio, which is just full of all these like amazing jewelry stores. Um, and there, it's it's a it's a city that you can easily walk. It's all cobblestones. There aren't very many cars. There are cars, unlike say Venice, but nothing like Rome. So it's, it's a walking city. Um, and so it's just got these charming, the charming architecture, the charming cobblestone streets. And there's something about the light. Oh, I don't know. We actually climbed all the way up. I forget what this is called. It's like the like the Plaza de Michelangelo or something and watch the sunset one night along with um, approximately 2,000 other people. But um, you, you just the sun setting over over Italy was just, or over Florence was absolutely amazing. Um, so we had less of an agenda there. The only thing that we really wanted to do was to go to the uh, uh, Uffizi Museum and that's where we saw um, a lot of sculpture and a um, and I got to see Botticelli's Birth of Venus and um, some other Botticelli's that were amazing. What we didn't ever do, because it would have been a rush and I didn't want to crush the vibe, was um, I, I didn't I saw several replicas of the David, but that was a whole different museum. So we didn't do that. So tiny, tiny disappointment there. Um, we ate pizza and pasta. Um, at every lunch and dinner period <laughs> it's been a little bit hard to just get back to real life you know we're having basically a, a cocktail every day in the afternoon to enjoy you know people watching and then wine at night and it's all pizza and pasta and bread um so yeah that was uh it's been hard to get back oh and gelato like at least every other day <laughs> so uh, so it was all very delicious um, and I would but I would not say that oh the the Italian food in Italy is so much different than what we get here what, what we get here is this Americanized version I would not say that's true it was delicious there um, the pizza in Rome all seemed to be extremely thin crust and it got a little thicker when we got to Florence so I actually preferred the pizza there um, but uh, I think we've got some pretty good uh, Italian food here in the US I would just like to say that then um, after Florence, oh, the, the next day in Florence, we actually did a side trip to Tuscany to, and we visited two wineries and did a wine tasting. And then we bought some wine and had it shipped back here. And we learned all about the Chianti Classico region. And, and that was so much fun. And we at um, the first winery we went to, we sat at this large table with these, um, this group of, I guess, six, three couples, six people. And... Um, all from the U.S. and so we just you know had a great time comparing notes and a couple of them were coming from Venice we were so at this point we were in Florence or in, in Tuscany and so they kind of told us you know some things to look out for in Venice that would be good to do and, and things like that so that was actually really nice so then um, we get to Venice which of course is amazing and I, I love my daughter said you know like Venice was just on my bucket list because there's part of me that didn't really believe it was true <laughs> that it was a real place and it is you know like there really are no roads you know that obviously that's just a small part of Venice right no there really are um you know once you get into Venice uh proper it's all canals and it is a walking city boy talk about your walking city 
because you can't just cross a canal anywhere. You have to cross it over a bridge. You know, it's uh, not always so easy to get to point A to point from point A to point B, but it was spectacular. And there was just in both, really in all the cities, but especially in Venice, um, you know, these are such old cities and the the city planning is just like hilarious, like how how close together everything is. Literally in Venice, you're just walking between, you know, you're walking in maybe a little what you would consider an alley that's three feet wide. And halfway down this alley, you see a door with a number over it. Like, oh my gosh, this is somebody's street. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and things were just like so, so wonky, all the... Um, you know, just the, the way things were laid out. And then when we got to see those like charming where they're um, stringing the, the laundry lines between the windows and there's, you know, towels and pants hanging out, which I took a ridiculous number of pictures of people's laundry. Um, so anyways, uh, it was just, it was amazing. Oh, and the other thing we did on Murano that was really nice or in Venice was we went to Murano Island, which in the um, 13th century, uh, the glass there, you know, obviously Venice is full of art and artists, especially glass blowers, and they kept having fires because of the fire required to glow, blow glass. So Venice kept burning down, and so they moved all the glass blowers, whether they wanted to go or not, over to this island called Murano Island, which is now famous for its Venetian glass. So a, a boat... Um, came and right like a kind of like a taxi came right up to the the front of the hotel we hopped on and it took us directly to Murano Island where we um you know watched some glass blowing demonstrations and bought some glass and things like that and then it's funny because this uh, it's it's really a tourism thing that they'll take you from the hotel to Murano Island but you got to get yourself back so we got the high-speed taxi ride over there, but then basically took what is a water bus back to Venice, um, which was also just a, a fun experience. The, the experiencing a crazy taxi ride in Rome and then these beautiful high-speed trains to get between cities, um, the water taxi, water bus. It's It was uh, very fun to experience all those different types of, of transportation. So anyways, we got back home. And, um, it was just, uh, it was just amazing. It was just, you know, I took a couple of days off to get myself straight before I went back to work. And, um, so yeah, it was trip of a lifetime. We'd like to go back and do Bologna and uh, the Amalfi coast and Milan, you know, uh, so someday, uh, we'll do that most likely just my husband and I, <laughs> but again, just wonderful. All right. Um, thank you for sitting through that. <laughs> <laughs> if you um, if you were not interested, I appreciate that. So then actually, I uh, just, a, I don't know, a week later, then I popped on a plane again and uh, flew to Connecticut for a uh, business trip, which was actually a lot of fun. And Connecticut is absolutely beautiful. So um, so that was really nice. And, um, and then just a few days ago, my husband and I did a concert at the Hollywood Bowl where we saw Pentatonix, which is this kind of um, very talented acapella group that arranges kind of um, pop songs and does them in this awesome acapella way. And um, so, yeah, I'm just like, my head's been spinning. I just need to uh, be a homebody here for the, <laughs> for the month of October. Oh, and the last thing I want to tell you is um, that my friend Frances Dow over at the Off Kilter Quilt, um, she is all, you might know her from the Quilt Fiction podcast. 
um, you know, she's a, a award-winning author and um, one of my very best friends, and we launched a blog together. And it is called The Empty Nest Chronicles, and it just is going to cover a lot of what we like to talk about on a, on a daily basis, um, which is just like, you know, navigating this this new time of life. Even, in, even if your nest is not quite empty, uh, you know, we're going to be talking just a lot about a lot of midlife issues, you know. Um, so anything from, you know, cooking for two, you know, or, you know, cooking even for a smaller nest, you know, cooking for a fewer amount of people um, has changed things. Um, kind of figuring out how to uh, rearrange the house to reflect how we live now, how to best use this space. Um, and, you know, the to gray or to not go gray question. <laughs> and and what does a fashion look like and health and um, finding your purpose, all these types of things that we, Francis and I talk about all the time. We're going to be um, putting them in writing and hopefully that will resonate with some of you. So that's called The Empty Nest Chronicles. Um, there, if you search for that, there is a book by that name. So I'll put a link in the show notes until um, the, the blog, until uh, Google recognizes it. You, I'm not sure if you'll have uh, trouble finding it, but it is literally theemptynestchronicles.com. So um, I invite you over there. Before we get going on the quilting content, I would like to thank the Fat Quarter Shop once again for sponsoring the podcast. The Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. So the Fat Quarter Shop has so many quilt alongs going on at all times, but it seems like especially right now, including the Christmas time mystery quilt along that I'm doing. Um, they're doing a uh, support group quilt and stitch along for um, breast cancer awareness month this October and also the scrappiness is happiness quilt along which is inspired by Lori Holt's new book scrappiness is happiness and this book is packed with 32 scrappy quilts and the sampler uses blocks from many of those quilts and it's absolutely adorable so they are kicking off a quilt along on october 31st so you've got plenty of time to get the book and sort through your scraps and get anything you need before it kicks off i'll put a link in the show notes to both um, the book and the blog post that explains everything you need to know these quilts alongs are, are so much fun and just a way to build community and um, be inspired by other people who are sewing or stitching things that are, are similar to you all right, let's talk some quilting, which I know I have not talked a ton about lately. <laughs> and I'm still not sitting down at the sewing machine as much as I used to. But I think as the weather's changing here, that's going to change. Well, the one thing that I had been working on that I, I think I alluded to in other podcasts, but never really came right out and said, was that I was doing the Fat Quarter Shop Christmas Time Mystery Quilt. And I, I couldn't really share it. So I was sewing that um, over the summer. And there is still time to get in on that. So it's a free pattern and it's four blocks. And one is a little like a, um, like a hot cocoa mug. And uh, one block looks like hard candy. The um, one that, the last one that's been revealed, the three, third out of four blocks um, is, um, looks like Christmas cards. That, that one's a little hard to, you got to use your imagination. And, and when it's like, once it comes into focus, then, then you, then you get it. So there's one more block and they're all like different sizes. So it's kind of an, it's a, a fun, it's just a, a table topper or a wall hanging type of quilt. Um, but it fits together, you know, like a little bit like a, like a puzzle. 
and um, so this it's it's a it was such a fun quilt to make um, I talked before this is the quilt where I am regretting perhaps my fabric choice <laughs> I used the Mary making line by ginger burr by Moda um, and it's I absolutely love the line but uh, as I said before I, I decided to do something a little bit different and try to make it more like a winter quilt than a Christmas quilt which it's a Christmas quilt what was I thinking and I went with blue blue and white and it's got oh, this line has a lot of these silver accents that I really liked and um I, you know I'm I'm not sure it hit the mark <laughs> it's different and you know I, I like to try new things so it's no big deal it was a small quilt um but then I for the back I just used up some of the other squares I'd start you uh a layer cake is a good choice for this quilt and so I use the blue the the reds and the greens on the back and I'm like oh yeah that would have been really cute if you'd done that on the front <laughs> <laughs> but what else ever it is uh, quilted and bound and done and um, over the next couple weeks I'll, I'll reveal my fourth block this week and then um, the finished quilt later on so so that has been fun and that was just a, a good way to, to get back into sewing it's a quick sew um, and you can totally do it from scraps so I, I highly recommend it so the other quilts that I'm just you know thinking okay what should be my um, my next quilt I have started the granny square quilt um, and I should probably just finish that up that is it's a fun quilt this, a lot of it's already cut I just I don't know why I haven't just uh, sat down to, to sew it up so I should work on that one but um, I mentioned the the Lori Holt scrappiness is happiness book which is an amazing book I'll be honest with you it's a little pricey it's $35 but put it on your Christmas list if that's um, a little bit much for you because it is packed there are so many patterns in this book the photography is beautiful there's a lot of um, Lori just talking about her scrap uh, philosophy and storage techniques and, and things like that at the beginning of the book um, so I think it's well it's well worth it it also um, it's spiral bound but it's funny they did the cover so that when you just look at it the cover covers up the spiral bound um, so it looks pretty on your bookshelf <laughs> and you can see the, the the spine but then when you open it up it's spiral bound which I love a book that lies flat I saw somebody on Amazon I think uh, criticizing it for that because she was saying that she thought that the pages would eventually rip out but I disagree I like a spiral bound book so anyways there is a quilt in there that's an Irish chain quilt it is called spare squares quilt now I have a free Irish chain uh, pattern on my blog called the loyal heights quilt um, and, but this one's a little bit different so it's you know an Irish chain is really just nine patch blocks alternating with um, background blocks just empty blocks I mean it's you know it's once you realize what it is is it could not be simpler the um, the pattern on my blog has so you can do it so your nine patch is um you know so they're all the same size the one that i did the center block is larger just to make it a little bit more interesting and the stick with this one is that of the nine patch blocks the four corner blocks are themselves nine patches little nine patches so that does give it a very interesting look um and because because again the, the squares are different sizes and it's such a perfect scrap quilt so I was thinking that maybe I would just you know I need to use up my stash and um, it's, I feel like every time I sew a quilt out of my stash it just it doesn't take up as <laughs> very much of it and so and that would be true here so I'm kind of contemplating um, 
color palette. Um, at first I was thinking I would go in a way, you know, like the old school Bonnie and Camille color palette, navy, aqua, pink and red, which is very pretty, but I don't know, I might mix in some yellows and greens and just, you know, um, it's, it's not like, uh, just like an anything goes color palette, but maybe a little bit more, um, colorful. The other thing is, is that she does in the pattern and, um, that I would like to do is all the background is scrappy low volume fabrics and they are some of them I've noticed are white some of them are more off-white so it even mixes that in a little bit and I've been wanting to use low volume fabrics um, as backgrounds for a while and I always kind of chicken out so I'm gonna see what I've got um, Lori Holt actually does have um, a line of, of these low volume fabrics called like scrappy B basics backgrounds, I think is what she calls them. So I might supplement a little bit. Um, but that is the, uh, that's what I'm thinking about as, as perhaps my next quilt. The um, other quilt I'm thinking about as we head into Christmas, this quilt I've been threatening to make for so many years. Um, and it is called, the pattern is called Only One. It's by Orange Dot Quilt. And what it is, is it's, you, you're supposed to take a, a large print fabric or a panel and that's what I, I bought these Christmas panels years ago because they were so cute but I didn't buy the pattern that went with them um, and again they're kind of a light blue very kind of snowman themed and um, I just thought I will figure out a way to put these together and I have tried multiple times to figure out the best way to turn this into a quilt and I'm just never going to do it and so what she actually has you do is just go through it's kind of like a stack and whack it's one it's called only one because you need one fabric and one block which is um and i think you turn everything into half square triangles and and kind of turn everything into pinwheel blocks and then you can place them in the sort of color wash way um through the quilt top and so it's very abstract so you you know it definitely loses whatever like this panel was but then what she tells you to do is when you piece the back save one panel for the back so you can see like where this came from so um, I've talked about this quilt before and I will continue talking about it till I get around to making it so that's the other, other quilt that I'm, I'm kind of thinking about um, you know I need another Christmas quilt like I need a hole in the head but again this could be more of a winter quilt you know so so those are the quilts that I'm thinking about. I also want to remake the Cabin Valley, um, which I absolutely loved that uh, pattern. And I, I made that quilt and then gave it away. And I still have enough fabric to make another one to keep. And I think I'm going to do that. So yeah, I've got some plans, but um, I just need to sit down at that machine. All right. So before we leave the quilting segment, I want to talk about um, the giveaway I'm doing this this episode, which is the 2023 Planner by Lori Holt, um, the bee in my bonnet lady who's, you know, I'm doing so many of her, her cross stitches and quilt patterns lately. So th every year or the last few years, she, she does a, uh, a planner. This year it's pink and it's, um, the cover is like linen and it's stamped with silver, a, a big bee, it's like, embossed, it's very pretty. And the only reason I'm giving this away is because it's just not ty the type of planner that I personally use, but it's um, absolutely beautiful. 
it's spiral bound um, so let me just go through I, I talked about this before but I'll do it again so every month so there's a, a, a monthly layout normal you've got a page of notes um, and then a, a, a place for your priorities for that month, anything you might need to shop for, your goals, personal goals, and health goals. So that's all in, in um, the monthly section. And then you just have, um, from there, you, when you open it up, it's a weekly spread. And it looks like little file folders. It's very cute. And there is just, just a small... Um, amount of room for you to write whatever you need to like it's kind of like your to-do list um, for the week and then there's a way to track your water she has little mason jars and where you can just cut off drink you know mark off drinking water so that's the weekly spread it also has like a, a weekly to-do list area in that section and then and that you know that kind of does is there anything at the end of the month like a wrap-up or anything no so that's uh, that's what it is um, so there's a, it's a nice monthly spread, nice weekly spread, and room for you to do your, your daily to-do list. And then there are lots of notes pages at the at the end of the month. At the oh, you know, and they coordinate color-wise to the monthly tabs. So I guess you could write notes um, if you want to, like you know, write something that you want to remember to do in November. You could put this in, in the pink notes area so anyway so it's very cute um i will put a link in the show notes if you guys want to check it out but i will do a, a giveaway just like the way i did last episode just um leave why don't i think about this before i get on the microphone um just leave any kind of a comment i just like hearing from you guys <laughs> if you leave a comment um then i will assume you're interested in uh, the giveaway and um that will be that'll be fun and i'll get that out to you and we're plenty in plenty of time for the new year all right let's talk a little cross stitch now um, i think i've got some new listeners since i started um, cross stitching and i know that um, a lot of you quilters also cross stitch just like a lot of you guys knit um, but i will try not to overdwell on cross stitch as i have been doing lately so in addition to the christmas time mystery quilt along I decided to jump in the stitch along and um, that was a very fun stitch I'm actually done with it um, I, I got my hands on the, the the mystery a little early like I did with the quilt pattern and and I really love it I'm doing it on a um, you know kind of a craft paper brown things called antique something um, the, the the fabric and I'm just using the DMC colors and it's it's beautiful now as I've talked about with cross stitch I am enjoying the process of cross stitch so much it's just so easy to pick up and put down and I don't know I just it's new it feels fresh to me but I don't know what I'm going to do with these things um I my decorating style is not such that I want to frame them and hang them on my hat all over my house so this is an ongoing puzzle I need to solve so for this Christmas one I was I'm trying to figure out how to finish it and I went to um, Michael's and I did find kind of like a, a like a nine inch shadow box frame that would totally have worked very nicely that I could frame it but do I really want a framed Christmas thing I don't know I, I and it was like nearly $30 I'm just like oh I just 
I don't know. I don't know if I want this $30 <laughs> enough, you know? So I'm like, okay, a lot of what I see people doing is I'm watching uh, floss tube videos on, on YouTube is they turn them into like little pillows and like, oh, that would be cute. And then I could just set it on a bookshelf or, or whatever during Christmas time. Um, so that was my plan. And just this morning I pulled out, I was completely picturing red French general, isn't all French general fabric red, red French general fabric. And I knew I had some. And um, so I went into my red bin and I pulled out that and some some other um, red fabrics and was trying to figure out, well, which one is the right one here? And how big am I going to cut this? Should I keep it kind of square? Should I try to make it, um, you know, like more like a lumbar pillow style? I've got a number of Christmas pillows like that. Um, so I you know, just kind of playing around with it, these ideas mentally. And then I'm looking at this design and I'm like, you know what, this, like, you could finish this in some sort of a circle and, um, and it would completely work. And I'm, you know, either an eight or nine inch embroidery hoop would completely work. And a few years ago, my daughter, uh, it was during COVID, she uh, cross-stitched this very pretty kind of modern, I need to find that pattern because she took it with her, a um, little kind of bird and a Christmas tree pattern. And we just finished it in the hoop. And during Christmas time, I literally just stick a thumb <laughs> thumbtack in the wall and it just hangs there in, in this little area above a bookca- bookcase. I'm like, oh, I could do that. So I think that I looked it up and I think I'm going to pop over to Michael's today and I could probably buy an eight and a nine inch hoop to see which one works better. I think I'm going to go with eight inch though. And it's a dollar 99. So I'm like, okay, well that's a low risk way to finish this. And then I can actually use that French general fabric on the back to, um, so that you don't see, you know, the, the inside of it. So I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, cause I do want to find some inexpensive ways to, to, um, to finish these, these projects because I'm just not sure what I'm going to do with them. But Minky Kim took that um, problem out of my hands on the Cut Sew Press um, little project that I did, which was one of my first ones when I first got back into cross-stitch just a few months ago. And that's a Fat Quarter Shop. Um, you can get that in Fat Quarter Shop. It's a Lori, it's another Lori Holt um, pattern. And it's very cute. It's very quilty. It's I think it says cut so press quilt I think are the ones I don't have it in front of me and it, it was very cute but again I was like I don't know what I'm going to do with this now when we start thinking about how we want to change how we use the rooms in our house I would like this room I'm in right now which is my daughter's room to be a a sewing space but we still need to be able to have um, beds for all the kids to come home and they're still we're still at the point where all three kids come home and so it's just hard to get all the sewing things. What I, what I can't figure out is what to do about a cutting table in this room. I can get a desk, but I don't know how to cut in here. I'm not sure there's space for that. Anyways, neither here nor there. The reason I bring this up is that if I did have a, a dedicated sewing room, I could put all these cutesy cross-stitch things up on the walls for like my own little crafty space, but it doesn't really fit in with the the overall decor of my home, if you know what I mean. So anyways, Minky said, give me one of those (laughs) and I will make it into something for you. So she is, and I have seen it and it's beautiful. And that will be on her YouTube channel this coming week um, on Monday, I believe. And so you should definitely, if you've never seen Minky Kim's YouTube channel, 
she's amazing. She's just, she's so good. She's so clever at the projects that she creates. The way her brain works is a total mystery to me. But then she's also so artistic and such a pro at editing and and everything. So her her YouTube channel is is an absolutely must-see. So I'll put a link in the show notes, but... um, I don't, I can't link to the, maybe I will after the fact, but I can't link to the exact video because it's not up yet. And you can see what she did with one of my cross-stitch projects. So, um, so the other project that I did want to talk about is the support group. Um, Fat Quarter Shop is doing a quilt along and stitch along. I jumped in on the stitch along part. Last episode, I gave away the quilt pattern to some lucky winner, um, for, you know, so that hopefully they, they will join in for that. But I did the stitch along and, um, you know, as a, as a good participant for the stitch along, I was really should have taken pictures at, at intervals. And I just sat down and over the, the course of the last few weeks, just stitched the whole darn thing. And it was so fun. So it is, I think it's 12 little bras. Um, and each little bra has a different color scheme and it's just each one's like a little work of art and um, and they were it was very fun to do it is the the um, project that I brought when I flew to Connecticut okay here's what I've decided cross stitching on a plane is not great it's not terrible the reason is well number one it was a little embarrassing to be cross stitching bras on the plane but you need to have your fabric you need to have the pattern you need to have your floss and some scissors and it was kind of a lot to manage in my little economy seat whereas um I think knitting for me is a better option for the plane because yeah you might have a a pattern but then you just have your knitting in your lap so I kind of lesson learned learned on that Okay, so that is what's been going on. Oh, one last thing. If you are a cross-stitcher, um, that Fat Quarter Shop is releasing this typeface series. And I got the first one, and it's super cute. It's so clever. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes, but it's uh, they, they, they're stitching it on this sort of chalkboard um, black Ada fabric so it's kind of a dark dark gray and it's Santa's face and it's a very cute illustration of Santa's face and it's but it's just half of it like the the um the right side of his face and the left half says um Santa and then uh Claus Saint Nick Kris Kringle and like in different fonts you know uh uppercase lowercase more of like an italics and so it's called typeface and so I, I think it's really cute and there's been some other ones. I think it's going to be a series of four. I only have the Santa one, um, but there's one that's, you know, like Frosty. Um, and, you know, so they have Frosty and Jack Frost. And so anyways, it's cute. It's the whole play in words of typeface, which I thought was very clever. Let's move on to talking about books. Because of all the travel I've been doing, um, I, I, you'd think I'd read more books, but I in some ways haven't. I am intrigued I'm still really enjoying this stitches in crime series um and I talked about it last episode I'll put a link in the show notes but um this is a series of books it's it's mystery it's the cozy mystery and the there's the the craft element is it it's about cross stitch but there's really like the only cross stitch element is that at the end of the day she pulls out a pattern and you know her project and she stitches for an hour or whatever so it's it's not heavily cross stitch or anything but um it's just a, it's a really cute series so I bought on Amazon 
the set books one through three and I think that was really inexpensive and then books four through six I got for like nine dollars um, and it's a little cheaper to buy them as these little sets so you know very inexpensive and they are fun to read so it's about um, a woman um, Paisley Sutton who is a single mom with a she's even though she's older she's in her 40s she's a single mom to a a little boy who's three and um, she used to be a, uh, a journalist and a historian and the little business she's carved out for herself is um, she's a salvager so she goes into buildings that are going to be torn down a lot of them historic and she pulls out things um, you know from wainscoting and countertops to um, you know furniture and uh, ceiling beams things like that and then she resells them and she's got you know a website and a newsletter where she talks about the history of these um, buildings and it so there's a lot of history in in these stories which is um, which is fun and you just learn a lot about architecture and you know I don't know so they're fun so there's uh, so she's digging into these you know just demolishing she's getting to buildings that are that are being demolished as she's pulling things out and um, so inevitably you know some sort of skeleton or body always ends up showing up and this is how she gets involved with um, trying to solve the mystery and if you like read any of the like notorious um, mysteries that I kind of uh, got a kick out of last year it's kind of got the similar vibe it's a little small town it's in North Carolina and her friend owns a knitting store and um she's got this you know uh, relationship with the small town sheriff and it's it's all it's all very sweet and very wholesome and so I've been getting a kick out of those that's the stitches and crime box set and the book I've been listening to I had gotten I downloaded from chirp which is a good way to get audiobooks um, inexpensively and it is Bel Canto by Ann Patchett and I do love Ann Patchett she has this way of of writing just beautiful books where I don't know uh, I feel like not all that much happens but you don't mind because the writing is so beautiful I read Commonwealth by her a few years ago and Bel Canto which has apparently been made into a movie with Julianne Moore and I'm going to absolutely have to watch when this is done is about a um, hostage situation so there's a Japanese businessman who um, is brought to some I can't even remember some not even sure they tell you some South American country um, for a little they're they're honoring him with a birthday celebration where they brought in this very famous opera singer because he is obsessed with opera um, who was played in the movie apparently by Julianne Moore and um, some uh, terrorists come in and it turns into this whole hostage situation that drag just drags out and drags out and it's just all about writ really what is happening as the days tick by here um, between the people well, one interesting thing is is that it was a very international um, little party so you oh, hardly anybody speaks the same language you've got the these guys who are Russian these guys who are French um, the the terrorists speak actually some kind of strange version I believe of Spanish you've got some people who speak Spanish Japanese and there's one guy who is a translator and he is very very busy <laughs> as they're trying uh, to uh, just survive and so um, anyways I'm not done with it but um, I'm really enjoying that I don't really have much to recommend on the TV side either because 
I did a full rewatch of the Australian show A Place to Call Home on Acorn and loved every single minute of it. I had downloaded them onto my iPad when we went to Italy. So that is what got me through <laughs> um, so much travel. So I had downloaded that. So I totally finished that. And I also downloaded the rest of the season of another show I've talked about on Acorn and it's called Darby and Joan. And it is absolutely delightful. It, is, it also takes place in Australia um, and it involves a woman from England who um, finds out that her husband, her husband calls her and says, I'm in Spain, I'm leaving soon, I'll see you tomorrow. And then he shows up dead in Australia, like the next day. So he was obviously lying and she wants to get the bottom to the bottom of this. So she goes to Australia and buys an RV and she's going to drive around and just unravel this whole thing. And then she gets into a car accident with this uh, guy, Darby, who is played by, what's his name? Brian Brown. You'd recognize him. He's an Australian actor who I looked, when I looked him up, I found out he's married to Rachel Ward from the Thornbirds. But anyways, he's a retired police officer and, um, his car is totaled, so they just set off together and they're, to solve this mystery together. And there are so many ups and downs and just crazy things that happen um, over time in this. Uh, it's about maybe nine episodes or something. And, uh, and so I watched the rest of that and it was absolutely delightful. I hope there was another season. Um, it was it was just a, kind of an unusual premise. And uh, so they solve sort of lots of little mysteries along the way while trying to solve the overarching mystery of what is up with her husband. So that was fun. And I also finished up the series, The Queens of Mystery, which um, I had stopped watching because I realized that uh, there's so much of that show that you have to be really watching the screen carefully to understand what's going on. And when I was sewing, I was not doing that. But The Queens of Mystery, there's two seasons. Um, it's, it reminds me of like a Roald Dahl book or something. It's just this, this young woman who is a, a police inspector and she's got these three aunts who, um, who raised her because her mother disappeared. And that is the overarching mystery for this show. And they all are mystery writers now, the three aunts are. And so they always seem to meddle in her cases. But there's this narrator that, that, that narrates what's going on, that gives it a whole roll doll or a series of unfortunate events kind of whimsical feel to the whole series, which is very fun. So, so that's been fun. Now, when I was on the... When I ran out of shows on my iPad and I was forced to plug into the American Airlines um, entertainment system on the last plane, I started watching a show called The Time Traveler's Wife. This apparently was a book and a movie many years ago, and it is now a um, TV show. I think it's on HBO. Um, like I don't have access to it anymore. I only got to watch two episodes, but I thought they were good. So it's got, um, what's her name? Oh, I can't think of her name. She is the redhead that played, um, I think it was called Agrit on um, Game of Thrones. She's married in real life to the guy that played Jon Snow uh, on Game of Thrones. She was also in the first season of Downton Abbey. Um, so anyways, you'd probably recognize her. Can't think of her name. It's got like Rose, Leslie Rose, Rose Leslie, something like that. And then the guy in it is Theo James 
who um, you might know as Mr. Pamuk from the first season of Downton Abbey, maybe even the first episode of Downton Abbey. And then he was also in the Divergent series. He's a very nice looking young man. And um, yeah, so the time traveler's wife is, he's a time traveler. He just gets not, not in his, it's not in his control at all. He just is going about his life when he just disappears, leaving a pile of clothes and he ends up somewhere else in another time usually in somewhere in his lifetime usually the past but sometimes the future he just is plopped down somewhere completely naked or so now he has to figure out how to find clothes and food and and so he has spent his whole life perfecting how he does these things and um so the story is often like there's there's a lot of talking to the wife who has learned to live like this um and as a matter of fact um is a, a person that he visits when she's a child it's all very confusing but anyways it was a very weird interesting show and um if we ever rotate back through hbo i think i will continue watching that and then the very last I guess the second to last thing I want to say is we watched one episode of the new kids version of the Great British Bake Off. I'm not a huge British Bake Off fan. I enjoy every time I watch it, but I'm not like, I don't have to watch every episode or anything like that. But oh my gosh, the one with the kids, it is so delightful. And I just, you know how it's a high pressure situation in the Bake Off, right? And to watch how resilient these kids are when you know, things are not going right and they're falling on the floor or, you know, they've completely messed up this batch of that or it got overcooked or stuck to the pan. And they are just, they just handle it all so beautifully. Um, it, it was just, it was very fun to watch. I'll definitely watch more episodes of that. So I guess that's about it. Oh, I think we talked about last time. We're finishing up Better Call Saul. Um, I've talked about that show a million times, so I won't go on, but we are really coming down to the last few episodes and of the last season, and it's so good. All right, let's uh, just round this episode out with just uh, the acknowledgement that we are, we're changing seasons. We're officially into fall. It never feels like fall around here until November, but um that doesn't stop me from pretending. <laughs> so this is the time of year that I start to think about what I learned from um, the nester, uh, Michaelin Smith, who wrote the book Cozy Minimalism. And um, she's got, you know, a whole membership site, which I'm not part of, but she does some great classes and she writes great books. And I'm not the type of person that um, really pulls out all my fall decor. I do it at Christmas and that's about it. And I do so much less than I used to. But what I learned from her is it is kind of fun to change up your home for the seasons. But that does not mean having like bins of stuff that you need to put up and take down. She talks a lot about um, using your five senses, making sure that you're, do you're doing things in your home to reflect the season that for all five of your senses. So the first one is sight. So that's where we, that's where we, you know, excel, right? So it's the visual side of things. Um, and so for me, and what I've kind of learned from her is, is an easy way to do that is, um, you know, swapping out throw pillows. Now <laughs> I've got this little problem. I'm a neutrals loving girl and I've really cultivated my home to be a little more neutral 
probably much to the disappointment of my husband who really loves color. But my, my idea with neutrals is that you can swap out colors in and out without like committing. My problem is, is that I don't. I don't swap out colors. And so I would like to do more of that this year. Um, and I was thinking about maybe sewing up some, I, I'll probably make a trip to Home Goods and TJ Maxx to see what sort of things they do have from a um, throw pillow point perspective. I've, I've not found these magical throw pillows and colors that I, I would like. So I might maybe sew some up um, and teach myself how to really feel comfortable installing a zipper. <laughs> um, so my friend just bought some of these beautiful blue kind of velvety ones from a uh, pottery barn, which I'm sure cost an arm and a leg, but they're very simple. Like I could totally do that. So anyway, so I'm thinking about that. Um, and she's also into bringing the outside in. What's inside your home should reflect what's going on outside. So at this point in fall, you know, you can, she's really into going out into her woods and, and clipping twigs and putting them. I do have some like vases that I've got some greenery in and that I could put those kinds of sticks in, but we'll see. But I need to kind of, those are all kind of green right now for spring and summer. And I need to um, replace those more with things that reflect fall. So um, I would like to do that. I do have some beautiful candle holders uh, that um, are very fallish that I would like to, to put out. I changed out some of our pillow covers um, on our uh, main sofa for these um, kind of neutral they're kind of gray and brown plaid so that's my nod to fall and winter there when we get to winter I've got these fuzzy white pillows that I'll bring out but it's too soon for that but anyway so you get what what visual is it's 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 all the things that we think about for decor but she really um, is more into consumables so I'll um, you know, the next time I'm at Trader Joe's, I'll get some pumpkins that are like, and, and squash that I can do a, an arrangement, things like that. And then those will just, will either eat them or compost them at the end and I don't have to store them. And then we have smell. Um, so smell. So this is the time of year that, you know, like maybe we start making pumpkin muffins and chili and, and those kinds of uh, stew, like those kind of heartier smells, a lot of things with cinnamon and nutmeg. Um, I think kind of like really reflects fall and then touch. Um, so again, so this is, you know, bringing out some, um, cozier quilts, um, I, you know, like maybe like knitted Afghans, things like that. So, um, I kind of tend to put all that kind of stuff away during the summer when we don't need that. I mean, we always have quilts out, but you know, like nothing knitted, things like that, because that's more of a cozy time. So that's, um, and again, with those cozy, uh, like the winter, the, the fluffy pillows, that kind of stuff. So that's touch sound. Um, and that's even like maybe changing up your, you know, like what you're listening to. She has amazing, the, uh, the Nestor on, on Spotify, she's got um, playlists that I listen to all the time. Her autumn playlist is like my all time favorite playlist, but I listen to the one for summer and winter and it just it's a kind of different music for different times of year and then um again taste so this is the time of year where you know if you're into your pumpkin spice lattes which i'm absolutely not but i do love pumpkin bread and um you know apple crisp i just really think of more like the 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 cinnamony type things and again your soups and stews and and things like that so that are, are those are good ways to like change the whole vibe of your house for the season um without buying a lot of stuff so i kind of like that that approach 
Um, so when I, I am doing, you know, I'm kind of moving into changes in our menu plan. Um, for us, again, it's still warm. So I, I, I can't like switch right over to uh, the ultimate beef stew yet because it's just it's just too hot. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of nudging, nudging uh, our, our menus that direction. And we'll talk about more about that on, on uh, other episodes. So that about wraps it up for this episode. I've got no new reviews to talk about. Um, so I would just like to say that if you enjoy uh, this podcast, then if you would pop over to whatever your podcast catcher is, most people are on Apple, but I'm in all the places now. I'm on Spotify, I'm on Amazon, I'm on Stitcher, so I'm on Google Play, wherever you wherever you listen. Um, I would appreciate if you would rate and review the podcast, share it with friends. Um, I'm so glad for all you new listeners. Um, it's This is a joy to put together and I appreciate you spending this time with me. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, which is where you can see all the show notes for the episodes. I'm on Instagram as Kristen Esser. And please consider joining the Simple Handmade Every Day private Facebook group where we can keep the conversation going. Have a wonderful week.